0: Welcome to A Lawyer's Guide to the Galaxy, a podcast about geek culture by lawyers with your hosts, Ben Siders and Kurt Damon. Okay, welcome to another Edamame episode. Uh, this is one I sort of hinted at as, you know, shows I'm watching. I seem to be doing Edamame about, you know, shows I'm watching. I've already got a few more backed up of things I want to talk about. But this is about a show we talked about on one of the episodes that I just really wanted to talk about. Um, and that show is The Mysterious Benedict Society, um, which is available for streaming on Disney+. Plus. Um, I don't believe it's available anywhere else. I think it's it's just a, a pure Disney Plus exclusive. But I wanted to raise this because it's... A show that we bumped into. Um, so, so you know, my kids and, and I are watching a ton of Disney Plus. Uh, it was a it along with a Roku um, was a pandemic investment and in a an investment which has paid for itself in spades in our family. Um, we're not a big TV watching family, but the ability to watch stuff on demand, um, access to Star Wars, um, which you know my my son really loves and I really love. Uh, my daughter's okay with um access to marvel universe uh which most of my kids love and i'm starting to get caught up in we've had trouble sort of just getting caught up we're we're way behind uh, my kids have still not seen endgame uh they have finally seen infinity war but they've not seen Endgame, and they have not seen most of the uh supporting stuff for it. they wanted to watch infinity war at one point in time um but it's you know sort of things like that but also just getting caught up generally um my my daughter a big fan of The Descendants, and uh, not as much as she used to be. Um, we've been watching just all sorts of, of crazy things on it. Uh, we've been watching like Doug Day's shorts. Um, we just watched Soul again for the second time, which is another movie. If you haven't seen it and have Disney Plus, watch Soul. Um, it's a very well done movie. It's just kind of a cool, um, you know, sort of storyline concept. It's it's definitely got its sad moments, um, you know, and its but its joyful moments. Uh, it's a good movie. I mean, that's the way I'd put it. But that's not what this is about. Um, this is about the Mysterious Benedict Society. Um, I'm going to warn you guys, if you want to watch it and have not seen it, this is going to be a high-spoiler episode. Uh, it's pretty much impossible to avoid when talking about the show because there is so much mystery going on in conjunction with the show. Um but I will try to give a second warning before I get into solid spoilers, um, you know, of what it is, because it's there. There's a lot that are just sort of you know cool tricks and cool, interesting things about the show that I want to get into uh, for those of you who've seen it. But again, if you don't want to watch it, you know, you don't think you're going to be into it, um, don't worry about that. So before we get into some serious spoilers, let me just give you a little bit of an intro. We did encounter the show uh, because it was it was literally advertised on Disney Plus. Uh, it looked interesting. Uh, my kids are very into watching trailers. Uh, they're they're always watching the trailers. They watch the trailers before we watch a movie or anything along those lines. I I completely get it. I like watching trailers too But this is one we watched the trailer for And thought it looked kind of cool um, Basic premise is You have the Mysterious Benedict Society Which is a group of kids uh, Tasked with saving the world um, you know, from something you don't entirely, uh, understand from the, the previous of it, but it's, it's kind of a classic setup. It is definitely a show set up for kids, um, you know, and designed to appeal to kids. I wouldn't say necessarily young children, but sort of school, elementary school age. Um, my daughter's in middle school, so I mean, middle school age children, um is probably the the target audience but it's a show that definitely adults can watch so anyway that's the the basics of it um again if you're going to go and watch it and don't want the spoilers stop now um if you've watched it or if you don't care uh let's get into spoiler episodes so the reason why i love this show um the first thing for it is i i don't know how to describe its genre um i i have to describe it as steampunk it's the only thing I can come up with and just how describe it, but I find the way the show is presented to just be fascinating. Um, the idea that, you know, whenever they sit down for meals, there are these, you know, outrageous high end tasting menus, you know, where we actually have, um, you know, a mousse bouche being served, you know, and you know, they're discussing the qualities of different kinds of oysters, and stuff like that. And, and it's like, where does this fit into the plot? Um, but it's an incredibly portioned, portion of it. And to give you the idea, I've not read the book. So again, this is just from watching the, uh, um, the show. So I don't necessarily know, how, you know if this is stuff that plays into the book uh, or not. But it's just from watching the show. But I thought it made it just such an interesting uh, sort of concept of a show. Even the idea that, you know, when you have the Benedict Society sort of, you know, goes on the run. They go camping. You know, in the first episode, you have them build this outrageously luxurious cabin. Um, you know, on the side of the banks of the river, um, and and stuff like that. So it's one of these where I, I I appreciate that. It's very hard to keep track of exactly what the technology is. Uh, like what the technology level is. And again, that's why I think I kind of describe it as steampunk. Um, it sort of seems like our technology era is maybe world war one, great depression era. Um, they definitely have Zeppelins, you know, we know there's cars, but they, they seem to be slightly old, older style cars. Um, you, you see encounters of things like one of the ones with the shop, uh, one that really sort of struck me. You see the shop repeatedly, uh, the beret shop, uh, later on where they get the berets. um, is a haberdashery, um, you know, which is a word I actually uh, really enjoy because the fact that I, I had a personal haberdasher when I was working in the firm on a regular basis. Um, but, you know, that's not a term of modern use that's real common. Uh, for those you who don't know, by the way, a haberdasher is a uh, essentially a – generally, I believe, men's um, – high-end clothing or professional clothing provider. Generally, they're one, somebody who fits suits. Uh, is the way I always understood it. I don't know if hybridashers actually provide women's clothing. Now, the one in the, uh, the show obviously does um, the brazier universal, um, but it's one of those things where I've always associated specifically with men's clothing and particularly with suits. Um, you know, that that's what it is. And being sort of custom fit, you know, that type of, of nature of clothing. So again, what I would call an almost, you know, archaic type concept um, in the haberdasher. So the reason I really love this show um, and the reason my kids love this show is the unique problem solving. Um, And that's what was so cool about the way the show did. So... If again, if you've watched it, you know entirely through the first episode. I think is the best. I mean, I love the the problem solving of how do you get into the mysterious Benedict Society um, and the solving of those problems. And once we figured out, you know the 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 you know the test, the answers are in the back, um, sort of stuff like that. You know, my kids immediately started to how do you solve the test? How do you solve the test? Um, and they were trying to come up with a way. So when we did the how do you cross the grid. Um, they were, you know, immediately proposing, hey, you know, you can walk across on your hands and knees. Uh, I want them to suggest that. Um, another one immediately suggested the, you know, well, why don't you walk above it? Um, and the tightrope uh, sort of solution. Um, so it's one of those things where, you know, my kids got really into the idea of the problem solving, uh, really into the concept when they then did the, you know, you can find it with your eyes closed. There was this whole discussion of, you know, how can you find it? You know, what is it? My son was immediately sort of on the idea of, do you need to look up? Is there something above you? Um, which was not the solution with it, but when he first saw the arrows, you know, is there something above you? Um, you know, that kind of thing, are you gonna be able to feel it? Um, and, you know, those, those types of, of solutions, you know, as to what they had. So it was one that I thought was a very um, cool way of sort of presenting it. Um, the other thing we really liked about the show and I thought was really good about the show is the characters are almost overly archetypical. Um, you know, you have, you know, the the two, you know, number two and the, the other supporting character for Benedict um, – you know, are, are essentially diametrically oppos- opposites. One's the extreme creative. One's the almost rigid, um, but, you know, highly skilled sort of a party. Um, you have, uh, its name's escaping me currently, um, the, the the man who's lost his memory. Um, the, you know, you have him with this, you know, extreme sort of wilderness tracker. You know, I mean, again, they're living out in the wilderness and he's getting, you know, he's gathering oysters and like, you know, things like that. And the way that the problem solving sort of carries through it and carries through these weird solutions to common problems. Um, Once the kids get to the school um, and, you know, when they arrive at the school and they're taking the class, you know, the how do you determine which of these controls the light Um, and sort of the the crazy-ish solutions um, that are proposed – um, and unconventional solutions. The uh, my, my son got hugely into um, the, I guess I'd call it the dirigible, the armless dirigible problem um, and stuff like that. And the just how do you solve this, this problem? Partially because that's what I would call a classic two-minute mystery. Uh, I used to do those in school. And I think that's also part of the reason why I enjoy this show is because I did problem solving things like this. I distinctly remember doing two-minute mysteries in school. Uh, My favorite one, which I've taught to my son, uh, if you guys do it, is a man lies uh, dead in an alley. He's surrounded by 53 bicycles. Uh, Why was the man killed? That's the entirety of the setup. Uh, I can't do your yes-no questions, uh, which is always the way it was. You, again, ask yes-no questions, same as is done in the class. Um, But you don't have it. If you want to solve that, stop now. Uh, If you... And want to keep going the answer to it is is the bicycles are playing cards um there are 53 of them as opposed to 52 um as there should be in a standard deck uh, and so therefore uh, the man was murdered for cheating at cards. so that's uh sort of the the things that you encounter uh in conjunction with it so the the thing that you um you really sort of get into in conjunction with the um this idea of this unconventional problem solving and just the fun of trying to figure out these weird unconventional problems. And also then that ties into the basic premise of it, which is how do we resolve the emergency? And that to me is the true brilliance of the show is the emergency. I love the fact that we have no idea what the emergency is, It's just simply the emergency. Um... And, you know, that idea of how you have to solve this unconventional problem without actually even knowing what the problem is. Now, we get a little bit of an idea that obviously there's some kind of subliminal messaging going on, um, which just as a point, again, my son watching it became fascinated with the concept of what is subliminal messaging um, from hearing this. Um, and that, you know, does this actually work, um, you know, and, and stuff along those lines. So, again, it's my kids got a lot out of it of the idea of unconventional problem solving. Um And really enjoyed the sort of nature of this unconventional problem-solving. And I, as as an adult watching it, also got into that. You know, how would I solve these problems? Uh, And I really thought that's the appeal of the show. And then that combined with this slightly odd, um, you know, sort of setting. And again, like the crazy meals, you know, even when they have the breakfast at the school, you know, you have this outrageous breakfast buffet. I mean, for the first time you see it, you know, there's snow crab legs on it. uh, Or king crab legs on it. Um, you know, there, there's the tower of donuts that you see on a regular basis. Um, you know, and yet you don't get the fact that the kids are necessarily eating these like, you know, crazy meals and, you know, things like that. Now they're obviously eating some of it, but you know, you see this, this weird interaction with the idea of gourmet food being incredibly plentiful and just the norm. Um, and, and again, it's just sort of interesting. You also see the problem solving carry over into the general interactions of the characters. So again, like how does the, um, the teacher find the cabin, you know, she figures it out, um, you know, in conjunction with the, the salmon fishery, you know, and, and you have this weird connection of like, this is how you would do these things. Uh, um, and sort of this crazy path of logic. And so, again, I haven't read the book, so I don't know if that, you know, that crazy path of logic is sort of an important, um, you know, element of the book that just isn't gone into in conjunction with the TV show. But I did really enjoy it in conjunction with the TV show um, and the fact that, that that sort of permeates it. And again, I think that's what it really was that got it to me is in some sense, it's a little bit of a modern MacGyver. Um, we were commented repeatedly about Kate being the MacGyver character, um, the one who solves it with sort of crazy inventions. She's also a bit of a misfit on the show. Um, you know, she's definitely sort of the misfit, even more to the extent than Contraire is, even though Contraire is obviously the, the purposeful misfit. Um, but yeah, it's. Again, what I really enjoyed about the show, and I think, you know, for anybody who's seen it and really, you know, wants to watch it, was this nature of problem solving. Um, obviously, they left it, they left us with a cliffhanger. Um, we expect a second season. The kids have already commented about the fact that they really want to see the second season. Um, It ties into as well, and I think I've mentioned it potentially in one of the prior shows. I don't remember if I did an anime on it, but I know I've mentioned it in the prior shows, is The Mystery of Sulphur Springs, um, another Disney Plus show, which also seems to have a similar idea of the idea of problem-solving, this idea of, you know, what's going on. Um, Sulphur Springs is a little more like Lost uh, in its nature and presentation of the problem, um, whereas I think Mysterious Benedict Society is really built around, you know, the idea of unique problem-solving and finding unique solutions. Uh, but anyway, that's where it is. It's one of these episodes, like, I really love this episode to be heard by people who haven't seen the show, uh, because I think it would encourage people to see the show. But it is an unfortunate, it has to be a spoiler show uh, in order for us to, to talk about it. You know, you have to get into the idea of the problem solving, you have to get into what the problems are uh, in order to discuss the fact that the problem solving being so... Um, uh, sort of component of it. It's also one of those things where I play into, you know, how much of that does play into the archetypes um, where we see these sort of very rigid archetypes and solving the problems in different ways. Again, number two solves the problems in very different ways to the way Benedict himself solves the problems different to the way the, the additional support um, character, whose, whose name I, I don't think I ever caught in the course of it as to exactly what she was referred to. Um, I only really caught that number two is simply called number two because it, it made reminded me of Star Trek Um, and the fact that Picard always refers to Riker simply as number two um and so you know things like that um you have the the character the the characters of the other children the children at the school Maria um and the um the two uh, I guess I call them guides Um, You know, they get into it that, you know, again, we have these very sort of rigid archetypes. You know, the teacher is kind of a rigid archetype and you see them in some sense solve the same problems in different ways. Um, So, yeah, that's that's what I really loved about the show is the fact that the problem solving and the nature of having a show that was about solving unique problems problems and solving them in different ways so anyway i just wanted to give this as a quick edamame episode um again hopefully we'll listen to it hopefully they uh, it's not something where nobody's seen it nobody wants to get the spoilers and therefore doesn't listen um but it's uh if you haven't seen it definitely hopefully this is convinced you you should go and see it it is a fun show i did not give away all of it um although definitely i did give you know away a lot of spoilers um you know in conjunction with it at least in the early episodes uh, for the show. So anyway, uh, that's gonna be it for this Edamame oh, on episode one, I have learned I cannot make these very long because otherwise it's very hard for me to get them to Ben. Um, uh, the second thing is, is, you know, trying to just sort of keep uh, short content and hopefully stuff that you guys are interested in. So anyway, uh, that ends this, um, I'm sure we will be talking to you soon. I know the main episodes, we've got some cool main episodes coming. I have also got a couple new, uh, more, uh, ed- edamame episodes. I'm working out exactly what I want to talk about with one of them. Um, um, one I kind of want to play around with um, and I'll just tease to you what it is is how is our current pandemic knowing that you know this is being recorded um in sort of you know early fall 2021 um what effect is that going to have on post apocalyptic games uh which is something I kind of want to play around with and get into <laughs> so so anyway um I'll leave you with that as a teaser that's an of my episode I want to get into in the future but um, I'm sure there'll be some more TV ones as I encounter other shows. Uh, Ben and I have talked about, you know, a couple we also want to do together as potential edamomy episodes. So anyway, I'm rambling here at the end, um, but I will leave you guys off and I will let this play out. Talk to you later. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of nor are they endorsed by Lewis Rice LLC, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. This podcast was produced and recorded in St. Louis, Missouri.